Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Genesis Science Fiction Radio Show, a service of the BlackScienceFictionSociety.com website. I am your host, William Hayashi, and this is the May 15th, uh, yeah, May 15th, 2015 uh, edition. And today's uh, special guest is uh, Kishan uh, Dodds, who is, and I am looking right on the uh, Amazon page, he is uh, the author of, and I hope I pronounce all this right, Menzuo, The Calling of the Sun Prince. Is that correct? Absolutely, absolutely right. You hit it right on the button. Okay. And then where are you coming to us from? I am actually out of Springfield, Massachusetts, but right now I'm calling in from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, getting ready for the Xbox, so the East Very Coast Black cool. of Age Comic Con. All right. We're going to get to that in a little while. Um, uh Oh, wait, well, you know, one of the things I always ask is, what's the weather like where you are now? Is it nice? <laughs> it's nice and it's full of pollen. So, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> if you have man. Allergies, if you have allergies, you're hurting, but it is very nice. It's really nice. I think it's like that in the upper half of the country, especially, you know, kind of like Midwest and Northeast. Um, you've got the trees popping. you got you got everything popping right now. It's bad here in Chicago, too. So I, I commiserate with you. <clears throat> I would normally take drugs, but then I'd fall asleep during the show, you know? Right. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's, yeah, let's just jump right in. First of all, I mean, I know we know where you live. Is that where you grew up? Absolutely. Born and raised in Springfield, Massachusetts. I still live there with my wife and my daughter, my wife, Tammy, and my daughter, Sydney. And uh-huh. I have my best friend, my best friend and my dog, Barkley, who is the toughest shit suit that you would ever know. So okay. <laughs> that's just that's my family. That's not bad. That's kind of like you know your 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 you know average run of the mill kind of nuclear family, isn't it? Absolutely, and I love it. That's great. Um, and so having grown up there, you know, um, Massachusetts was one of the places. I'm biracial, and I was born in the yes. '50s. And my parents, you know, when, when they met, they met in Wisconsin, but they, when they decided to get married, they, they made a conscious decision to look where a biracial kid could be raised like in the 50s. And one of right, the areas right. they looked at was the Cambridge area because it's pretty, you know, it's pretty mixed there, and it, or at least it was back then. The other oh, was like uh, San Francisco because, you know, that's a huge melting pot, and plus there's a lot of Asians there. Um, you know, my dad's Japanese, my mom was black. Um, well, no, she, well, I mean, they're both Japanese and black, even though they've passed, they still are. And then and then there was the kind of like the Hyde Park area, the University of Chicago area, in, uh, and, and which is like right near where Barack Obama's house is. So mm. we settled in Chicago. But, you know, it could have it just as easily, I think if my dad would have gotten a job over by you, you know, or at least by the Cambridge area, I would have ended up there too. So that's kind right, of cool. Right. And you and you say it's still pretty mixed, very cosmopolitan. 
Oh yeah, I mean the 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 way the 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 state is really put together, it's a big melting pot, and you have people from all over the world there, and you know it it's, it does a great job of giving you the full cultures of of everyone. So you're not really feeling like you're just left out and you're not lost. But there are pockets that are like that that aren't culturally diverse. Springfield, Massachusetts is very culturally diverse. And, you know, you, you grow up with every person that you could ever think of. So you're not really, you know, have that culture shock when you go to college or when you go to school outside of Springfield. You feel like you're right at home in every every situation. So it's a beautiful place to be, even though, you know, things are, you know, you have your pockets of violence, but it's still just a beautiful place. And I love being there. Well, I think you get that everywhere. I mean, if if right, I can be right. so bold, you can find assholes anywhere. You know what I'm that, saying? You're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, there there are certain states where you have a bigger percentage. Like I don't go to Texas, but uh, you know, I, I have friends who live there. So right. Um, you know, it, it just is what it is. So you went to elementary school and, and and high school right there. Right, right in Springfield, and it was so funny. Every time I tried to leave, I got stuck. I ended up. Uh, being a, a great football player at my high school, Springfield Central High School, and I had opportunities to leave. And I ended right. up going to American International College right in Springfield, and they gave me a full scholarship, and I played there for four years. Well, actually, my fifth, I played five years because I had a medical red shirt. And uh-huh. I, got my, I got my degree from American International College at, in education psychology, uh, sociology. And I actually triple majored and picked up political science by accident. So I was a big nerd and also an athlete, and I loved it. Oh, I was I was about to say, yeah. Oh, you one of them smart, you know, whatever's. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, look, I I went to I went to high school like in the early seventies, late sixties. Right. And uh, you know that was when I discovered the trick to getting good grades. You know, so I was taking the harder classes, heavy on science and math and stuff like that. And of course, you know, being of color and doing that, you know, you know, I I attracted some negative attention from people going, oh, you just want to be one of them smart, and, you know, whatever. Right, right. So, right. absolutely. Yeah, but but that's kind of cool that you know you got to go go through all of that and and not leave that far from home. Did you stay home when you were in college or? or... No, no, I actually lived on the campus as well. So I mean, and AIC is a very it's an international college, so you have students from all over the world. And, you know, people from Springfield, Mass., from New York, from Boston, Chicago, Washington, people from all over the, over the country as well. So I had a great opportunity to be out of my house. It's like I had my own apartment for five years. Right. And also feel like I'm not in my city because of where I am on my college. So it, felt, it was really good to have that experience. And so playing football there and also going to class, you know, it – I did a good job of, of you know, man, maintaining being an athlete and a student and a student first. Right. Well, and, and what, I mean, it sounds like you were kind of in the soft sciences, right? Absolutely. And um, and I, I, I apologize for forgetting that quickly, but what was your degree in? Well, my degree was in ed, uh, ed, uh, education and sociology, and I ended up getting my master's later on in educational psychology. So that's uh-huh. what I did, and you know, it's it's it's, it's all education is always key because I know that once you have that, nobody can take that from you, and you can do whatever you want when you have it. No, that's true. I mean, I and and I think you and I had similar interests in school. You know, I had I had uh, a, you know I had my undergrad in education, my master's in right. psychology, 
my PhD in clinical psych. So, I mean, we're... Oh, nice. Look, dude, we, we, we went to the same kind of classes, you know. And I'll tell you right <laughs> yeah, now, right. My, P, my PhD is still in the shrink wrap. And it's it's in there because <laughs> for two reasons. I'm, I'm serious, man. The first reason was, um, okay, I just didn't feel like listening to other people's problems. Okay. Right. Right. Because because the and because of the second reason and the second reason was because um, there's no treatment model as a psychologist that allows you to grab somebody by the front of their shirt and shake them till their head rattles and say, "Hey, cut that shit out." Which is what about right. what, about what sixty percent of the people need to have done because most people need counseling to break bad habits. You know what I mean? You're Absolutely. supposed to lead them to an understanding of what they're doing wrong, and then they're supposed to apply corrective measures to to have a better life experience. Well, that doesn't happen. Okay, it just doesn't happen. You have, you know, because most people got where they got because it was easy. It's like it's like people who have serial failure relationships because they keep going after this the wrong person. You know how many times right. a guy or a girl has said, excuse me, a man or a woman has said, you know, I I keep dating the same kind of person and it just doesn't work. And so you you want to say, well, well, why the hell are you doing that? Well, you know, I'm telling you, stop sticking your hand, stop sticking that in finger the, in the in the in the wall socket. Because it's gonna, you gonna, go. you're going to get the same electric, electric shock. It's going to hurt more the next time. So stop doing it. So that's what and happens. Isn't that the, you know, you, you, yeah. Go ahead. So you try to get people to work them, their, work their ways out of it, out of their own mess. So if that's if you use your degree by accident, even when you don't want to, you just don't do it at a professional level, but you use it every day, especially with people that do that. So you're, you're absolutely you're right because you down. don't. And believe it or not, I'm an IT guy, you know, by by trade, and and I do use it for stuff like that, especially in like, um, oh, you know, like uh, service calls. Somebody has something wrong, and they may be losing their mind. And first, you have to talk them down before you can get them fixed, you know, because they 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 they've gone all haywire. So yeah, I, I mean, I get that. And and what do you do now, like full time? What's your like major gig that you do? Well, when I graduated uh, and from college, I, I was a teacher, the fourth and fifth grade teacher, elementary school teacher, oh. and okay. I did that for a while, and I, I loved it. And I actually I got the opportunity to move on to become a mayoral aide under our past mayor, Charlie Ryan. So I worked as the mayoral aide. So basically, you're the mayor when he's not around, and that was mm-hmm. a great experience to give me you give me the, all the opportunities to deal with people on all different levels from. CEOs, the executive directors, to just your 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 residents in the city, and I got to develop great personal relations with people in my own city that I never thought I would have. And then, funny thing is, I went back to American International College, and now I'm the director of diversity and, and community community relations. So <laughs> I'm back on my campus, <clears throat> my alma mater, and also helping the kids to see life and grow and to be better as a student at AIC since we're such a melting pot. And a lot of our students there are first-generation students, um, so right. I can relate to them and help them get from point A to point B and also be prepared when they get to point B to be successful. So that, and that's why I love being there. Man, that, I mean, that's good because, you know, not a lot of us go back and mentor, or at least, at least oh, not yeah, enough right. of us. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, that's and, why I love doing it because – I can I can grab the kids from the younger age when I go to the schools to read and talk and also 
are kids that are, you know, they, they've got that opportunity to get to college, but they don't know how to get past college or how to maintain being in college, handling their college bills. They're on their own, you know, living with somebody in a dorm, having a meal plan, handling your own financial aid. So it's good to be that guiding factor for them to be, you know, successful. Oh, man. I mean, I, I so admire you for doing that. I really do. Because um, you. You know, what, what you're doing is, is you're mentoring a generation who may not have that help otherwise. So, you know, Absolutely. my head is off to you. Um, yeah, but, you know, it, so, it happened for me. So, it, you know, it's like you got to give back. You always got to give what was given to you. Well, not a lot of people do that, dude. Right. I understand. I understand. You know, not a lot of people do that. You know, a lot of people go, hey, I got mine. You get yours. And right, and, and know, I, that's, that's become, not how you that's not how you succeed. That's not community either. That's not how you right. build a community. And absolutely, right. But you know, I I think that's been beat into us. You know, that's been beat into our culture. I mean, it goes all the way back to, you know, house versus field Negroes. You know, yeah, absolutely, and, absolutely. And, and 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 you know, that's that's a handy thing for the greater American culture to have on us, you know, to make, keep making us, you know, keep fighting each other so that we all don't get ahead. So, but I don't want to get into right, that. Right. Let's, let's not get, because I'll just get mad <laughs> and I'll say bad words. And I know, and, I understand, I understand, but that's where it goes. It goes every time. <laughs> I, I know. Um. So, okay, so, you know, you're a writer now. I mean, when you were coming up, you know, yep. what kinds of creativity manifested itself in your life as you were growing up? Oh, man, my writing started way back when I was a, a kid. I was a closet comic book reader, and I used to love to create stories. And even my mother, she never knew that I liked to write and read comics and was so far into being, like, a, a, a big geek because I was an athlete. I played sports mm-hmm, my entire mm-hmm. life. And mm-hmm. but, but there was also a side of me that loved to be a part of that, that fantasy world to create things and and I just kept writing and writing and writing, and it just kept building from there. So when I got older, and the funny thing is, it's like I heard, and I love art. I'm a, I'm a passionate person about art, that music, you know, somebody that can paint, can draw, who can write, can do poetry. I have a passion for the arts, and I, I, I dive into it, and I support it, and I wanted, to be a, I wanted to be an artist. That was my biggest thing. I always wanted to be an artist, and I got that opportunity when I was uh, 17 to kind of do something that was a little bit different. What was that? Well, and well, this is, this is how it goes. Um, you know, the saying that the best artist created out of pain, correct? Yes. Well, actually so art, when I was humor, music, I mean, they, you know, a, 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 I mean, that seems that unfortunately that seems to be a fairly universal meme that, you know that that you can't get away from. I'm sorry, I, I interrupted. Right, Go ahead. right. No, that's all right. But but you're right. And so, um, just imagine. Now, this is what happened to me when I was 17. This is right before my 18th birth birthday is January of 1996. Okay. And my best friend, my best friend from since I was six months old, Marcus McDowell, was he could, gave me a call in the middle of the night in January. I'll never forget it. He calls me about two o'clock in the morning. He's like. He's like, Slim, that's what he called me. My name is Keyshawn, but he called me Slim. He's like, Slim, I got a problem. I'm like, what? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. He's like, I can't pee. I'm like, what? You calling me because you can't pee? I said, man, who'd you sleep with? And he's like, no, I didn't sleep with anybody, but I can't pee. I said, all right, well, go wake mom up because, you know, we call our parents mom. You know how that is. 
because their parents oh, sure. raised yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody's mom is mom to us. And right. so I said, well, wake mom up, have her take you to the hospital, get checked out. So he call, he calls me in the, in the morning, and he's like, I went to the hospital, and they said I have a bladder infection. I'm like, okay, all right, so at least I know what it is. And so what it is, what what happened? Well, they had to put a tube down. I'm like, hey, I don't want to know. That's disgusting. <laughs> it hurts. I don't, you know, you're making me shrink. I don't, I don't want to deal right. with that. So right. It was like, so they just got to do that, clean it out, and I'll, I should be all set. So, okay, so a month goes by, and he gives me a call, says, you got to come to my house. And I'm like, okay, why? He's like, just, I can't tell you the phone, you got to come. So, all right, so I get to his house, and we're sitting down. His mom is sitting down. His brother is sitting down. They got their heads down. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why is everybody looking so sad? And he no was kidding. like, well, I just found out I have, I have, I have cancer. And I was like, what? Yeah, cancer. Oh, man. He's like, yes, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I have cancer. You know, it's, it's really, really aggressive, but I don't, I don't know what's happening. I got to go to the hospital. And so, mind you, I've dealt with death a lot, and that's shaped who I am today. My father passed away when I was seven, and when I was 32, I finally told my mother that I saw my father die. She didn't know. Right. I saw right. him pass. I passed, saw him pass away in the house. And when I was 14, my grandfather passed. You know, and so mm-hmm. now I'm 17 years old, about to turn 18, and my best friend, who's 17, is about, you know, I'm saying he has cancer. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Those two, my, my father and my grandfather, they were older, and they died. I said, you're young. You're going to fight it. You're going to win, and we'll be okay. So goes to the hospital. I spent – a lot of time in the hospital. Every single day I could, I was in the hospital. And you know how you have visiting hours in the hospital? The nurses didn't mm-hmm. give me visiting hours. I would, I can come right. in at any time because they said, the way that he acts when you're here, he's a different person. He's perky. He's happy. I've never seen two people that aren't related have that relationship. I said, that's my brother. You got to understand. I'm like, we're like twins. We got whippings together growing up. I mean, everything that he sure. did, I did, we did together. So that's that's my brother. It's like my twin. Everybody knew that that was that's my twin. And so while we're in the hospital, he, you know, was going through his chemo and he was like, I wanna do something to get my mind off of dealing with these tumors that are growing. I wanna create a, a comic book. I know you like to write, I love to draw. So, okay, let's do a comic book. So what are we gonna do? So we gotta create our own superhero. So we started thinking about a concept and we created a superhero that was young enough that kids can grow up with. And have mm-hmm. fun. And so we named him Menzuo. We just named him Menzuo. Okay. That was his name. And it was like, why Menzuo? It's just a name because it's a conversation. People can't pronounce the name right. So they're going to ask, oh, is that right? Yes. Yeah. So and now you can talk about with the superheroes. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So he would draw the characters. I would write the bios. And while he was in the hospital, he was going through treatments. I ended up graduating high school. Then I ended up going to prep school at the Wilbraham Muslim Academy. And so when I got to Wilbraham, I'm playing football there to try to get my scholarship for for college doing mm-hmm. really well end up be becoming becoming an all prep player of the year that year in football and i gotta get the there's a war banquet in boston so i'm going to boston to get my award at this dinner and i'm having a boss in december and it's about a week and a half before christmas so i get back home and my mom knows me i'm, I'm coming in i'm coming to change i'm gonna run to the hospital i'm gonna have some fun tell Marcus, give him the, give him the award so he can see it i know he's gonna be happy as soon as I get in the house, my mother grabs the keys, and I'm rushing. I'm so happy. I, I got to change. I know he's tired. He's probably going to go to sleep. And she's like, Keyshawn, you can't go. And I'm like, Mom, stop. You're messing me up. I know he only probably is going to go to sleep in the next hour. I gotta, I'm only going to get there to say hi you know, and show him what I got. He's like, you can't go. He's like, why are you in Boston? He passed away. And when she said that, I didn't, it didn't register. I'm like, stop playing. I got to go change. Please leave. Leave me alone. And she's like, no, you need to stop. 
Marcus passed away while you were in Boston. And I was oh, like, no. what? No, no. And I'm like, no, he didn't. He didn't. I just talked to him just a little while ago. And so once I stopped and she's holding me, my, my brother walks in with his brother. And they're both older than us. And my brother's holding up Alonzo. And that's when it hit. And the second I saw him crying, he couldn't stand up. It felt like somebody just took out half of my heart. And yeah, I just took your strength away. Yeah. Yeah. Everything about life was, it didn't matter. Everything didn't mm-hmm. matter. I didn't care about anything because how can I, and my, and my family is very religious. My brother was, is a pastor. My mother is, we're in church, grew up in church all my life. And my brother comes up to me and he's like, you know, Marcus is in a better place. He's with God. And the first thing out of my mouth was F God. I was like, how can God take somebody that never smoked, never drank? He wasn't in a gang. He wasn't bad. He didn't do anything wrong. I said, how can he take him away from me? And at that point, I didn't realize how selfish I was. So I didn't want to go back to school. I left Wilbraham Muslim Academy. I didn't want to be with anybody. I didn't want to have any friends because now my mindset was, if you're my friend, you're going to die. That's, that was just where I was. I was in a very, very bad place. And so mm-hmm. a month and a half a month and a half passes, and I'm not at Wilbur Muslim Academy, and Marcus's dad calls me. And he's like, son, I got to talk to you. And I'm like, ah, you know, I don't want to have this conversation. I don't care. He's like, no, you need to come to my house and talk. So, okay, so I get to his house. And dad says, you know, I got to talk to you because there's something I got to tell you. And I'm like, what? He said, well, you know, I know you lost your brother, and I know you're sad. What are you going to do with your life? I said, Dad, I don't know. I don't, he's like, well, you're not going back to school? I said, I don't know. I don't want to go. I don't want to be around people right now. He's like, so. I said, all right, well, let's make your decision after we have this talk. And I'm like, okay. Now, now I really don't want to hear, hear the man talk, but that's Dad. You don't disrespect Dad. And right. so he said, I got one thing to tell you. Yeah, and he's like, I said, one thing to tell you. He said, in my 53 years as a man, my son taught me how to be a better man at 18 years old. And I'm like, what? How can he do that? Because we look up to you. You're like a god to us. Nobody can teach you how to be a man. We, you're, we're learning from you. Right, That's right. So now he has my attention. He has my attention, and he says, well, this is what happened. He said, the last time you saw Marcus, what did he say to you? I was like, well, he turned, and he said, I love you. And I was like, well, yeah, shut the hell up. I love you, too. And I walked out. You're not going to be soft with your boy. So I don't care how, if you're on your bed and dealing with cancer. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not being soft. Yeah, I love you, too. Shut up. Bye. And so I leave, and then his dad comes, and he said, he has a conversation with him. He said, this is what he said. He said, listen to me clearly. He said, I'm, I know I'm not going to last much longer, and everybody else is going to be fine, but you got to watch Keyshawn. He's not going to handle this well. And I froze. And at that moment, I said, my best friend was on his deathbed worrying about me. I said, yeah. that is a true definition your- of a true friend. And my brother. That's, like a, that's not a friend. That's like a brother. You know? Yeah, that's my brother. He it's knew, more, he knew exactly more than a friend. Yeah. Right. So, so let he me knew ask exactly you this. what was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's first of all, that's a heartbreaker. It's, it's for damn sure a shock when you didn't know and, you know, nobody told you. You've got all of that going through your head. And, and you know, it, 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 it hurts you to your soul. You know, to have oh, to go through something like that. Now, then, then when we look at you know the book that you've written, is this part tribute to your brother from another mother? Now, this is what people are going to see when they read the book. 
and when right. they get it, is that Menzuo, his earth name is Jamal Hawk. Menzuo okay. is me. The superhero is me. In mm-hmm. the book, he has he has a protector named Solar who lives in his crystal that gives him his superpower. That's my best okay. friend Marcus. That's Marcus. Okay. That's my best friend Marcus. In this first book, there's eight books in this series, and this is the first one that I've, I've released with Cosby Media Productions. In this book, the first book, they battle morbid. Now, I know you know what morbid means. Morbid means death. Absolutely. Morbid, repre- morbid represents the cancer. So in the book, Menzuo, Keyshawn, and Solar, Marcus, defeat the cancer. Mm-hmm. That was my way of keeping my, my best friend, my brother, together. And in the book, at the end of the book, Menzuo finds out that, you know, Solar is his brother. So mm-hmm. that's the beginning That's the beginning of the Solar Warrior series. But it tells the story of how, you know, a kid has to deal with a life-changing event, has to deal with bullying, has to deal with life, and things that are happening to him so fast, and he has to adjust to it without knowing what the future is going to bring. And it teaches you how to be confident in yourself. And so that's what I get. And that is a huge tribute to the book. When people read the book, they can see that's me and Marcus staying together forever. I, you know, I, I can't think of a better way, you know, just just based on your life, of you to honor your brother and and to keep his memory alive. I think, um, oh. you know, and I don't I don't want to belittle it. I'm not at all. I mean, I I laud the fact that you. You feel that you felt that strongly, you know, enough to do that. Um, oh, absolutely. And, and 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 so you've got, you know, it, it's a tough thing to talk about, you know. And I don't want to ask a whole lot of, you know, questions. Oh, you can about, ask. You can ask. But you, but you, <laughs> but, but but you know what I mean. You don't, you know, absolutely. from my perspective, it first of all, it's so visceral for you. It's so personal. Right. And and right. I'm not saying that it's private personal, but I mean this this was your you know this was like like your soulmate, not like a man woman soulmate, but you know this was a guy who in every possible every way possible was your brother. And, was my brother? And he to, knew everything about yeah. me. <laughs> everything. <Yeah. laughs> and um, and and so and and your family obviously knew it too. You know? Oh, absolutely. Because absolutely. when you I'm came running in the house, they all knew. They all knew. Yep. Well, um, okay, so you said you've got eight books in the series. Yes, and, I do. Uh, and, and, and so that implies that you have a story arc for the entire series. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it, it, it's, it's an amazing thing that, you know, after I wrote this book, you know, I felt so much better. And, then, you know, I thought I was done. But I just kept having a reoccurring dream about Menzuo doing great things. And so I understand, like, for me, I knew moving forward in life I can't do anything alone. And so I had the opportunity to bring in the Solar Warriors. And so there's, okay. a, there's, a, team, there's a team of warriors that join in to help him become the Universal Protector, but not doing it all alone. So right. he has a team of people that will carry him and when he needs to be carried – and also, will always he can always depend on, and so it's 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 just the the great series that I came up with, and people have have read some of the manuscripts. They've read the first book because I republished it with Cosmic Media Productions, and when I met with uh, Leon and Braxton Cosby, 
Um, they're out of Atlanta. They fell in love mm-hmm. with the book. And just in March, they just announced that Menswell was being considered for film and TV and animation for next year. So this is the biggest dream of starting this in 1996, getting it published the first time in 2004, to republish it in 2010, and now to republish it with Cosmic Media Productions with a whole new storyline and with their whole superhero theme through their productions company and their publishing company, we are going to be doing some great things. And I have never been so excited about seeing Menswell become bigger than me and being a household name and having kids become my superhero and, and understanding <laughs> why it's so important to me. Sure. And um, w- when did you publish this? Um, this so one first, is you know, actually the, with, uh, e- the, the e-book uh, with Kyle right. Media Productions came out on March 24th of this year. And the okay. paperback is I – have, I have my advanced copies for my event tomorrow, and I, I ordered a bunch because I knew I was going to sell out because I have that much confidence in the team of people that's with me right now, my brother, my friend Craig Washington, my other brother, my friend Rashad Leonard, who is here with me, are, are going to be at the booth with me and having a ball, pushing these books and, 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 and doing some great things. And also I got to give a great you know, c- uh, congratulations and shout-out to Rashad Leonard, who wrote the theme song to the, to the first book. And it's amazing. I know Jarvis has it. And I, if I can email it to you, I, I know you're going to fall in love with it because it gives everybody goosebumps when they, they hear the song. This is pretty cool because, you know, I'm on the, I'm on the uh, Amazon page right now, and I'm looking at, you know, I can have it sent to my Kindle, you know. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I might as well, you know, I might as well bust out a little bit of money. You know, I never carry more money than I could afford to lose, which is why my pockets are always empty, my brother. Right. That's it. I <laughs> but, um, understand. Fully. But, no, I mean, as a, as a writer, you know, some writers don't want to read other people's stuff because they go, oh, you know, I, I, I don't want to read someone else's stuff because, you know, it might influence my writing. I go, then you, then you, then you don't write worse. Uh, you're not a very good writer, you know, because you can't. <laughs> I got you. You're right. You know what I'm saying? And and so I read as much as I can. I've probably read easily well over ten thousand books in my lifetime. Probably more than that. Right, so, and right. When I, and and especially especially when you look at you know Afrofuturists, you look at people writing black oriented books, African themed books, and things like that. I don't want to overdo it because I'm a classic science fiction writer. But man, I mean, I looked at the premise here, and then hearing the personal drive the personal story behind the creation of the universe it, it just sounds like a great thing that i think people should should check out and and for oh, those yeah. who are listening it's menzuo m-e-n-z-u-o the calling of the sun prince and it is on amazon yes. it's a kindle book it's available as a kindle for 3.99 yep. Um, and and you know if you got a Kindle or you got Kindle software on your computer, it, you know this sounds like something you should take a good look at. Oh, absolutely! Um, and, it, and if you have a Nook, you can go to Barnes and Noble and get it off it for your Nook as well. It's the same price. You know we're making this available for everybody. We we have our our our, our theme is is the year of the hero, and uh-huh. we're also doing rediscover. We're doing rediscover reading. We're going across the country, speaking to kids, getting them more excited about reading books and understanding that. If you read Menzel, you're going to be able to read Harry Potter. You're going to pick up other books. You're going to read, you know, um, you know, Protostar from Braxton Cosby and all the other books. I mean, I'm, I'm reading so many books right now. I'm reading three books at the same time right now. Because any, I, I of, love, any of them mine? 
Uh, I'm about to find out yours and get yours as well. So <laughs> that's it. Oh, I'm just kidding, man. Seriously, I'm just I'm kidding you. But here's the thing. You know, uh, the other part, I mean, you talk about the mentoring that you do and you talk about, you know, teaching. You talk about, you know, helping people make an accommodation to life so that they have more of a chance of success. All those things are big. But then when you, when you add in the dimension of being a writer, you know, I think it's incumbent upon us to build our audience because absolutely not, absolutely. not a lot of people see that. You know, a lot of people go, well, well how come black folks ain't buying my books? Because you haven't excited them, and not excited them like, oh, quick, run out and get the book, but excited them about the learning and being exposed to new ideas. Because, you know, when you right, write sci-fi, right. fantasy, or, or horror, you know, these, these are normally genres that bring in the most creative new ideas, because that's where they Absolutely. live. Absolutely. Right, um, right. You know, you could, you could read one romance novel, and essentially you've read them all. You know, right? Um, you 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 know you can read different Tom Clancy books or different Harry Potter books, but you know the, they're well. Harry Potter falls into that kind of sci-fi fantasy kind of thing, but you know when when you're outside the sci-fi fantasy or horror genre, the 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 pickings are mostly rehashes of plots that have been done ad nauseum, and so right. you know right. sci-fi. Sci-fi is kind of like the the place where, you know, sci-fi fantasy, what have you, is is where you're going to see some of the new ideas and the and the fact that you can see black-themed stories now in a way that we have not seen them ever before in history is um, it's it's it's, it's it, a blessing and I love it. I love it. Right. Because right. now we're getting the exposure and we're not the, the stereotypical you know, superheroes that are out there or we're, we're the sidekick or somebody that's just a flash in or dies or whatever else. So we, we, what, we get and, the lead and, role and you're having a ball with it. Right. And, and when, you, when you think about it, the other cool thing about where we are now is we get to identify ourselves. We get to sell ourselves. We get to present ourselves in a way that hasn't been done before because all of those, those voices – were were white before, but but the right. reason why Afrofuturism is taking off and our kind of content is taking off is because the barrier to publication for books, media, cartoons, uh, comic books, everything, is lower because of digital delivery of content. You know, it doesn't take. You know, like like you said, you, you've got people who want to do your work in another medium, and and so. Right. They would not have seen it had it not been easy enough for you to publish your book as an ebook as easily as you did. Correct? Right, right, right. So, so this, I'm is, you, this the, the, is all good. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and the, and the team. I mean, Cosmic Media Productions team is amazing because you know I, the first time I did it, you know, I I, I went through the struggles of, of doing it myself or. The first time using Publish America, didn't like how it came out, then learning how to self-publish a book. And now with, with the team of Cosmic Media Productions, it, it, it gave me everything that I ever dreamed of with an editor in Tamar Hilla, who's out of California. And, you know, just the lead up, the, the ideas, everything that, that Braxton <clears throat> and Leon have done. I mean, it's, it's, it's like you're not doing it yourself, so you know you're empowered and they believe in your story just as much as you, 
And you know how that is as a, as a writer or anything that you do. Nobody's going to believe in your work more than you, so you're going to push it hard. But when you have a and, team of people that believe in it just as you, oh, it, it, it's, it's a, a great feeling. Oh, that encouragement. That's like, that's like giving you a 10,000-watt light bulb above your head powered by somebody else. You know, because, right. because, right. because there's, a, there's a validity of your story, there's a validity of your concept, and there's a validity, a validity to your universe that other people have expressed um, uh, a liking for or, or even, you know, they, they validate your, your efforts, you know, your creativity. Right. And and it, it, that's the best thing about it. And, and it, uh, it, it, I'm always very humble about it. You know, my daughter loves <laughs> when people come up to me, oh, you're the author. This is great. How did you write the book? And something happened to me a few weeks ago that was probably the most mind-blowing that, you know, I, I kind of did my own little dance in the kitchen when I had a kid from Atlanta call me and beg me to play the role if it when it goes to the movie. Because I want to I wanna audition to be Menzel. And I'm like, really? I said, this is a joke. you got to be kidding me. He's like, no, no, I'm serious. I, the book was amazing. I want to be that superhero. And I'll be like, that is my goal because now I know I have grabbed a kid. They're reading the book. They're, they want more. That's what I wrote it for. And it, it just right. makes me feel good that people are really responding to it better than I thought. And so I know, like I said, this is powered through – you know, pain, but Marcus is in the book and having a ball laughing and saying, I told you so. Dude, he's living on, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, he's, he is living on, and, and, and what better tribute? You know, you get, to, you get to carry around your best friend as long as your, your creative juices are, are alive. And not only that, but, but because you, you, you codified him in your writing, he's, he's going to live forever. Absolutely, and that's the best thing. He's going to live forever. And it's so funny because, you know, you go through that pain and you never think it's going to subside. It never goes away. I miss him dearly. But of course. But to see the, the, fact, the fact that, you know, I can bring him back to life and, you know, in the next book when he does get his body back, he's, he's whole again. And be, being, you know, science fiction and fantasy, you can do so many great things, and I just did it. And the best part about it is having his mother and his father so proud and saying, I cannot believe this is real, that I'm seeing right. my son in this book. And, and, and you know, it, it, you keep the families together. And it, it's, it's something that we all, that's how we get through and moving forward and making every day better. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, I mean, that's, that's got to be great. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, um, let's talk a little bit about the show you're getting ready to attend. When does that start? Is oh, that tomorrow? Absolutely. Yes, yeah, tomorrow in uh, Philadelphia at the convention center, and it's the East Coast Black of Ages Comic Con, and I am very, very happy to be there because the, there's one little surprise that I'm doing. I'm going to be revealing the men's world costume, and I'm wearing it. So oh, <laughs> it's going to cool be a lot that? of fun. Okay. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm actually this is the we're leading up. This is the last part that we're doing. Um, we're finishing up the documentary called The, the Creation of, of a Superhero, and mm-hmm. it's going to be released released in June on YouTube, my YouTube channel, um, so people can see it. You know, So I want people to follow the journey of how I got to where I am, You know, everything that's happening leading up to the Xbox, and what's, what we're moving forward to. So it's, it's a lot of fun, and so much support is coming. 
And I know once people get to see the see the documentary, they'll get to see who I am personally, how I got uh-huh. here, and my 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 driving driving determination to be, you know, up there and making sure that you know education is key and people are reading the books and also fall in love with a new superhero. I you know I can't think. Of, well, first of all, uh, you've got to post some pictures. I mean, if oh, you're I gonna if you're would. gonna if you're gonna go to <laughs> if you're gonna go to the extent of uh, premiering the um, the costume, you definitely have to uh, have to show folks the um, the pictures. And for those of you oh, who are yeah. looking for his YouTube channel, all you have to do is do a search in YouTube for M E N Z U O Menzuo. And uh, he like pops right up, and and you you can oh, see yeah. the calling of the Prince trail, the Sun Prince trailer. Yeah, the trailer is nice. I had a ball with that, just having that out there. Um, the artwork you'll see, uh, p- pictures will be posted on my Facebook, my website tomorrow. Um, you'll see that on on YouTube we're gonna be posting videos, so you'll be able to see everything that's happening with us at the uh, Comic Con, and we're just gonna have fun because this is what it's about. You know, it's not that pressure of, you know, I got to make sure that people know who I am. I really don't care because you're going to know anyway. (laughs) This thing is taking off and it has legs of its own. And so it's just a lot of fun. And I just want people to understand that, you know, all my heart and soul went into this. And this is so much fun to have men's will become reality and people can have a lot of fun and enjoy reading a good story. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so, all right, so you've you've got the first one out. Let's talk yep. about your let's talk about your process for writing that story. Um, when you when you started, did you have kind of like the whole, you know, the whole plot, you know, and and all of it kind of in the back of your mind? Did you know where you were going at the time? Um, and it's so. Uh, I work with my my illustrator. I have a new illustrator. Well, my illustrator since Marcus uh, Carl Harrison. He we we linked up in two thousand five, and. Our first meeting was something that was so special. He sat down and said, describe Menzel to me. So I did it for about a minute and a half. After I finished, he turned a paper over and said, is this your character? In one right. in a minute and a half, he sketched out what my character looked like from what I said. I said, how in God's name did you do that? He was like, well, how did you write that? I said, well, uh-huh. for, me, for me, everything moves in my head like a movie. And it's like I'm in it, so I can hear it, I can see it, I can smell it, I can feel everything that's going on. So it's a moving picture when I'm writing. That, so my process is is different. I'm, I call myself a method writer. I become a part of my book, and so everything that happens from start to finish, I just write. And I tell people just write, get into the mode and write. And so for me, once I start putting pen to pen to pad or pay my pencil to that paper, it just flows out. It flows out, and I can see the story, where it's heading from, where it's going. And I know, just like anyone else, once I get to a middle part, oh, I like this part. Let me, I got to change what's in the, in the beginning. So what I do, I finish first, then I go through it. I, I literally write my book at least five times before I turn it over to my editor because I go right. through that process. Um, and, and so uh, what's, what's the word count? On uh, on this one, just just to give us a little. Uh, I believe idea the word count. It it's uh the word count right now. I believe is about a hundred fourteen thousand words on here. So it's yeah it's not well, it's not super super long, but it's it's great. 
dude, you're you know you're you you've got 232 pages. You're talking to a guy who you're talking to a guy who cannot write a book less than 500 pages so far. Wow. Okay. Wow. So uh, I, I, my hat's off to you. I, I'm too wordy. <laughs> no, I am, man. I'm just saying. You know, I, 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 a man's got to know his limitations. But you know, um, and and I know that that looks daunting to people. You know, when they go, right? It's right. how many pages? How many pages? So no, but I mean, 230 pages is a substantial story. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that 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 it was longer. It was a, a little bit longer, but that's that's a credit to my editor Tamar Hilla, who really sat down and go. She went through line for line, word for word, and you don't have to explain this that much. You're go too. You're going too much into detail. You're going off into a tangent. You have to stay on the storyline. She did a great job, and I and she told me that you know she it was a pleasure to work with me because I was so receptive to all of her criticism, and I said it was constructive. You're giving me the best product, and so if I can make it better by making sure that people will stay stay focused and know where the story's going, I'm going to do what you say because I trust you. And she did an amazing job. So it got cut mm-hmm. down to that. So the meat is still there, and everything that I wanted is is, is perfectly put in to this book. And we're already in the, in the editing, going to the editing process after this month with uh, book two, Miserable, The Solar Warriors, Legend of the Blue Diamond. Okay. Now, and and just just some inside baseball between you and me. My first book started out at 700 pages, and my editor wow. cut out a third of it. Right. And, and right. I, as I look at it now, I could probably take maybe at 100 more pages out of it because not everybody is all geeked out on science like I am. So right. I mean, that, 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 well, that's the that's the other challenge that I have is letting go. Um, I yes. was forced to let go because I was told on Monday that if I didn't upload my my manuscript by Thursday, it wasn't going to be available. The book wasn't going to be available for Christmas. So right, right. My you editor and I, yeah, my editor and I were sitting in my living room for three days trying to get this thing done. Thank God, at the time she was un unemployed. You know. Right, right. Because right. I, I, and and even then, you know, about twenty, thirty typos slipped through. Not that that's a big deal, but. I mean, you you definitely want to take the time to make it right, and uh, you know that's that's always a tough thing because I'll be honest with you, I could probably edit any of my books forever, you know. Oh, oh yeah. let me oh, just yeah. tweak this. Let me just change that. But sometimes yeah, we're the, have to we're, let the go. We're, we're the worst critics on ourselves. We'll go through that book ten times and oh, I don't, I don't like this. Oh part. yeah. Or I want to put this in. I want to take that. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what I, mm-hmm. I when I talk to people about writing, I say write your book out first. Go in and don't and stick to your storyline. Make sure it stays, but don't be so critical of yourself because remember, you can also reprint that again later and make the yeah, changes that's that true. you want. So that I is so cool about. Them, yeah. yeah, I mean, and and people don't realize that 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 that's a luxury. You know, right. print on demand is is a huge benefit for the industry. And and first of all, it helps with cost containment because you don't overprint books. Right, and, and right. You, you know, if you do happen to get picked up by one of the big five uh, printing houses, you know, they're only going to – as a matter of fact, their editors can look at your manuscript and they'll tell you exactly how many books you're going to sell. That's how good they are. That's right, how many they'll right. print. But then all of a sudden if they have to gear up and print some more, all they have to do is just send the digital file to the big that big-ass machine in the basement and they can run and off as good many to books go. as they want. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, 
is this uh, I see this it's in two formats and editions it, do you have a print the print edition is coming later yep the print edition will be out uh, June 30th uh, okay so right now the, I have the 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 best part is that I have the ones on hand that it will be sold at the Xbox and also some of the book signings I'll be doing <clears> once I get back to Springfield and Massachusetts throughout New England until so those mm-hmm. are gone leading up to the release where you know I'm going to have people out there you know getting getting the books and and just having a ball with it as well. So right now people can get the autographed copies from me if they come out to Philadelphia. If you're in the area and you want to see a lot of different authors, not just me, but some of some great, you know, comic books and some other authors that are out there and get a feel of what this art form is, is just to be right at the convention center in Philadelphia at 701 Art Street. You'll have a, you'll have a ball. You will have a ball. The other thing that you should do is get in the habit when you're going to do an appearance or something, come in and put it on the events calendar at BlackScienceFictionSociety.com website. Because oh, yeah. when you do oh, yeah. that, when people when people are looking for something to do on a weekend, you know, or or they're going to be in a town that they're not used to, they can come in, take a look, and see if there's something that may be going on. And you know, that's kind of a cool way to meet some of your you know fellow Black Science Fiction Society members. Right. Um, so and think about, I think I put think, it. I think you, I posted it on my page, or I might have put it on. I know I put it on there because I put it on there in the beginning of April, but I'm not sure if I put it on the right one. I'm still trying to get used to it because I had a glitch in my computer, and and Jarvis helped me get back in because it was uh, blocking me out with my password. Right. But I I got in, and 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 it, it should be up there on my page. But I got to make sure I put it on the main site so people can see it. Yeah, just put it in where it go where it says uh, calendar. Drop it in yep. there because then Jarvis just features it and blasts it out. That blasts it out to everybody. And there's oh, like yeah. 5,000 oh, people. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, I, I come see you, but I got this ankle bracelet from the sheriff, and, you know, I got to be in <laughs> street lights come on. And it's, it's, a, it's a terribly sordid story that I don't really want to have to go into. Well, you don't, right, have, so, to. You okay. don't have to. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that your daughter gets a kick out of people recognizing you. How old is she? She's 10 years old, and she is the love of my life. And it's funny because, you know, when she was born, I was just uh, about to finish writing book two. And in 2005, when I was finishing that book, and I had a character in the book that I wanted to create who caused Menswell to help on a different planet. And okay. as soon as I found out I, had, I was having a daughter, I named my, the, the character Princess Amiata. So that is my daughter. <laughs> So no, now she's older. She knows that's her. That that right. you know. So she's in the book. So she's she's on cloud nine. That she's a super superhero too. So she's got <laughs> she ownership now. Oh yeah, she does. And she's happy about it. And um, you know, back in my hometown, I I did a we both did a commercial for education four one three reads, and we did that together. And so people see us on TV on the news. You know, they they showed a clip on on reading together. Me and my daughter were sitting <laughs> sitting together. And so she's like, it's weird that people think you're a superstar. You're just my daddy. And I'm like, I am just your daddy, and I'll always be your daddy. <laughs> so that's it. So, yeah. But she, if, she if just ever, gets the crack out of it. Yeah, if you ever need to be taken down just a small peg, just come home. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Really quick. Come home, really come home quick. full of yourself. Yeah, come home full of yourself <laughs> and, and, and see exactly what happens. Well, I mean, this is this is kind of cool. You know, the whole story about, you know, where your creativity came from. You know, you you got a best friend that you're hanging with for, the you know, all of his life. 
and yep. and then to be able to create a, a universe where he lives on, uh, that I mean that's got to feel very good for you. Um, and and you mentioned that your family and his family are 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 grooving on it. You know they're into it. Oh yeah, they love it. Our families are very close. It's, and like I said, his parents are my parents. My parents are his parents. Their families are still very close. And so when I put the book out, and it was so funny because my my mother had no idea I wrote a book. And when I first wrote mm-hmm. it, I told her, hey, mom, I published a book. She's like, shut up, go away. You didn't write a book. <laughs> I was like, mom, I just wrote a book. What are you talking Get it. Stop playing around. Go, go, get away from me. And I'm like, okay. So I had to wait till I got the book in hand. I said, Elizabeth died. Here is my freaking book. I wrote a book. And she's like, oh, you wrote a book. I was like, Jesus, I got to drop a brick on your head to let you know I wrote a book. And so no she kidding. read it. And she read the book, and she was like, oh, my gosh. I, and I didn't tell her what it was. She was like, that's you and Marcus, isn't it? And I was like, yep. And I gave it to Velma, and I gave it to Doug, Marcus's uh-huh. parents, and they, they said the same thing. And they just they were just like, I cannot believe this is that good. And I'm like, hey, you say that because you love me. You know, you're, I'm your son. No, this is, this is really good. And so, you know, I tested it out. I tested it out when I was in college to some of my professors. They wanted to help me get it published. And I used it as a tool. When I was a teacher, I had uh, fourth and fifth grade kids that were on second and third grade reading levels. So mm-hmm. they're basically the kids that everybody kind of gave up on. And I took them, and every lunch period I'd read this manuscript to them before it was published, didn't tell them what the story was until I finished. By that time, they were, you know, reading other books. I got calls from parents, what are you doing to my kid? I said, I know I kind of yelled at them bad. I might have swore I'm sorry. They're like, no, my kid is coming home, and they're reading other books. What are you doing? They never read a book in their life. I said, well, come in and see. So they'll come in. Parents will come in. And it just got to the point where by the end of the year, I almost had them on, or on grade level for reading. And that was mm-hmm. a tool that I saw that Mizzle was doing. I'm getting you to read my book. You're getting stuck on words. You're looking it up. You're, you're finding out that reading is really not that hard. You're interested in it. So now I'm going to pick up another book. And it right. happens that quick. And I tell people the mind, you know, your brain can work and trigger in ways that people don't even know if you have an interest in it. And and that's yeah. what happened. I and and you know, the best part of this is people who listen to this ought to pay attention. You know, it doesn't take a lot to excite a child's mind because their minds are thirsty for so oh, much absolutely. For, for absolutely. so much stimulation. Um I started my kids uh well with my daughter you know, the the big thing was that in the morning on, you know, when we didn't have to go anywhere or do anything like that, we would sit there and we would read three books. And mm. and she got in the habit of doing that. And, you know, now she's, you know, a teenager about to be 18 and and reads a ton of books just on her own. Right, you know? right. So, so that sort of thing, that, you know, that... What that is is that's a gift, you know, they, they make the cliche about a gift that keeps on giving. But, but for damn sure, that's a great gift that not only keeps on giving, but it, it serves the imagination and the intellect of an individual, you know, as they grow. I'm um, right, in the right. habit of reading. It's something that they're going to do, do forever. So that's pretty cool. She's 10 years old. Your daughter's 10 years old. You've taught yeah. it to, you know, you used it to teach other kids and, and, and it's your and book. Also, right, and I also read it to her when she was a baby. And, you know, as she grew up, she wanted to read the book. And, you know, she would read with me. 
And her reading mm-hmm. level is it, it far exceeds a fourth grade reading level right now. And she's mm-hmm, a, she's mm-hmm. a, she's an A student. She's 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 just a great kid that you know takes advantage of everything that's in front of her. And I'm happy that I can provide it to her, especially with reading. And she can see how important it is for me. How how much I love to write books. And you you'll start to see her doing certain things like oh I want to create my own superhero. It's a uh, Super Sydney and Super Barkley, and it's so cute at that age when they're younger because now they're interested in exactly what I do. And there's nothing better than being stuck in education and reading books because you're going to be better than, than your dad. And that's all, that's all your parents want. You want to be better than your mother and your father. Right. Right. Um, okay. So, uh, you're going to, you're going to be doing some cosplay this weekend. You're going to be showing, showing out. You're going to be going to be having a good time. And like I said, we want pictures, you know, Oh, you're gonna you're gonna see pictures, and you're also gonna be able to hear the the theme song that Rashad Leonard made for Menzo. Um, and actually, in the next few weeks, uh, Cosmic Media Productions is gonna be putting uh, the Menzo song on iTunes for people to download. So you'll be able to get a hand on on every part of what we're doing here. And so it's gonna be a lot of fun. And and how much longer before we see it produced as uh? What do you say? Kind of like a cartoon. Film, is it going to be a film, motion comic or, or a cartoon? Well, probably animation. Probably uh, motion. Probably motion animation. So we'll see. And no, we're looking at production for next year, and so that's going to be you know an amazing <clears throat> journey. And not sure how long that's going to take, but I know the process. You're going to be able to follow everything that we're doing, and you know I'll give people sneak peeks. You know, coming up to what what's being released, and I know Leon and Braxton Cosby <clears throat> will be doing the same. Because it's not only Menzo that's coming. We have a bunch of other superheroes that we're going to be uh, migrating together in a place that's called Hero City, which is basically Chicago, Illinois, and in our, our world, but it's called Hero City in 2030. So we're going to be well, moving forward with some great things. Man, that's great. So now uh, don't tear up my city. <laughs> I'm not well. You know what? In science fiction, everything you can tear up, you can rebuild in the, in the snap of a finger. Yeah, so, yeah, but you know, <laughs> I mean, I, let, let me give you an example. Like in Superman, Transformers, you know, all of these, all of these movies, you know, uh, Avengers. I they're entertaining me, but I call entertaining, but I call them destruction porn because oh, basically yeah, right. what they're doing is they are messing up a city in a way that would take you a decade to fix up. Not to mention all the people who get killed and stuff like that. Oh, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. I just, I just don't, you know. After the Transformers tore up Chicago, give us some time to build back <laughs> up, man. Before. <laughs> oh man, I know, I understand fully what you're saying. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was, that's the funniest thing when I was reading one of the books. Um, it's uh, actually my third book. Is the Solar Warriors Le- um, Judgment Set Upon Earth when Menzel has to come back to Earth, and I destroyed. Destroyed Springfield. I'm talking about my kids were like, you just ruined every school, city hall, the basketball hall of fame, <laughs> Dr. Seuss's memorial, everything that you could ever think of, I just blew up. But I said, guess what? This is science fiction, guys. In the snap of a finger, the next page, it might be back. They're like, oh, that, that is, is so cool. I said, that, that is, is so true. cool. I said, yeah, so don't get excited that you don't have to go to school in 2030. So, <laughs> so that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. All right. I'll, I'll give you that one. As long as you can fix stuff up, you know. Because oh, we'll I'll see. tell you, we'll I see. hate. 
I hate when traffic gets bad. You know, I just, it's just one of my things. Um, hang on a second. You're listening to the Genesis Science Fiction Radio Show, a service of BlackScienceFictionSociety.com website, and uh, we're talking to Kishan uh, Dodds, who is the, uh, the author of uh, Menzuo, the, Co- the Calling of the Sun Prince, a book, uh, an e-book right now available on Amazon, um, and and soon to be well, actually, you said you got hard copies that you you're going to be tossing Selling. around tomorrow, right? Yep, tomorrow. Yep, yep. On hand. Get your hand your hands on the hard copy tomorrow. Right. So that's pretty cool. And then, um, uh, when is the next installment on its way out? Um, we're looking at hopefully our our release date for the ebook will be around Christmas. For uh-huh. for the second book, Legend of the Blue Diamond, <clears throat> and that story, I'm telling you, it's like you, you you fall in love with every story that you have, and just the storyline of what happens in the second book, um, it it's, it just it gives me goosebumps because I have a lot of fun with with the characters that I create or who come into the story, and just the storyline. And I tell people when you find you fall in love with a storyline, you're gonna get get stuck on wanting wanting to know what happens next. How did that happen? Why did it happen? And you you kind of want to skip pages. And so I I've, I've gotten that from having that book out, just test piling it with with other kids and some adults as well. And my mother she gets mad at me because she wants to read all eight books now. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't even yeah, like and, science fiction, but yeah, right. she loves the stories. That I mean, that's great. I I will I will warn you about something that I found out. Um, I actually had one one of my main characters die in my second book, and 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 there are people who have never let me forget about it. I mean, oh, they were yeah. they were they were mad 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 that that's oh, what I yeah. did. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I know that that's the point that I, I tell people. Um, you know, because everybody wants to know when you write science fiction, who's who's going to die? I say, well, I can't tell you that because then, you know, you're really going to be mad at me if I do kill somebody. But I said, right now, you're safe. Just live in book one. Yeah, <laughs> and, you, and, and go one. for the ride. Go for the ride. And fall in love with the characters. Fall in love hard with the characters because if, if somebody dies, i got to do it for a good reason. It's not going to be – you know, something that's just going to be, like, heartbreaking. But I, I kind of might make it heartbreaking, but I, I know how, like you say, while people react to you, they get upset. You got to write them back in somehow or, or write her back in. I'm like, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, okay, you've got eight volumes in this series. Mm-hmm. And let's say you stretch it out for about the next five or six years, which you probably oh, yeah. will, right? Yes, so, yes, um, do do you have other creative universes that you have kind of put in the back of your mind that you may gravitate to later on? Do you have do you have a plan past this, or are you still kind of tied up in in this creative universe and and not ready to move on yet? Oh no, I mean I have this, but I've, I actually um, I write in uh, young adult fiction as well. It's not science okay. fiction, but I do have other books that I write because it's a passion of, of things that I see and just stories that, that I've actually had the opportunity to turn to life. Um, while I'm writing the, you know, the, the Menzel series and going on those tours and doing those books, people can also find 
another book that I have is called Who's on My Side, the story of Kalen Brown. That's actually on ebook and uh, paperback right now on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And that story I wrote basically didn't really realize how much of of resemblance of the father son relationship was to my my life and my older brothers. But okay. it is 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 and and the way I debuted it in 2012 was as a stage play. Mm-hmm. And it was it was we had we did four shows and have uh, four packed houses and four standing ovations because of just how the story was played out. It was pure art, but you know just to be off of the science fiction side of things, just to digress for a few seconds. The who's on my side is basically about a son and a father, a son of who is you know Kalen Brown. His father Michael Brown is an abusive alcoholic father who hates his own life and how it turns out and takes all his anger and pain out his, on his son. And his son, mm-hmm. all, he wants is, all he wants is to have the love of a father, and he finds it in a gun runner named Big Boss who takes him in and makes him, a, you know, try to find a way in, in the life of, of selling guns, but he's not selling guns, he's picking up money for him, And he's very successful okay. at it, but his dad on that side is, you know, torn with this guy coming into his son's life and pulling him away. And so it becomes a, this tug of war uh, this summer of his 18th birthday. So that's what I do on the other side of things. So that's what I do with, with my young adult fiction. And mm-hmm. I, I, I love my, my superheroes, but I, I, I'm very versatile on my writing skills. That's pretty cool. And, and talk, talk a little bit about, I mean, what kind of outreach do you do? I mean, we, we know you taught. Yeah. And... And and that you're you know you're back in the educational uh, milieu, but but what kind of uh, outreach are you doing now? I mean, it, it seems perfect. You know, both the young adult series and the science mm-hmm. fiction. Oh, I do a lot of motivational speaking. I go into schools. Um, I, I go into the community centers. Um, we do have some programs that we I do work with, and I teach about you know just basically you know, finding out who you are, loving who you are as, as a person, a young person and growing up to be a successful adult. I have workshops that I, I, I do. And so I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, very, uh, I can say, out there in, in helping people to become better. And my goal, and I tell people whenever I speak to you, I want you to be better than me because the people that, that raised me and all the people that helped me to be where I am wanted me to be better than them. And so that, that they instilled that that those models into me so that I can do the same thing. And to have the platform to do the motivational speaking, to travel, to speak to kids, to mentor kids, and you know, just to help adults as well to find their way because you're never too old to learn or, or be better than what you are yet what you were yesterday. So I tell people mm-hmm. that. So I try to be I try to be that 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 motivational factor of, you know, becoming better. Because, you know, mm-hmm. From everything that I've done, I still feel like I haven't done anything because I haven't, you know, achieved where I want to be. And I don't think – I think that, that that fulfillment, it really doesn't ever come because you always want more. And I want to see people successful and seeing people happy. So it's always work to do. Well, I mean, I, I think that most creatives, I think that even most adults – um, if they're going to be honest, might consider themselves a work in progress for their whole lives, or at least you hope Absolutely. they do. Absolutely, you know, right? And right. and to even just show kids that, yeah, you know what? Even as an adult, I'm learning new things. I'm trying new things. You know, I'm not afraid to uh, to to put it out there 
that, uh, oh, you know, here's something I didn't know about that I'm interested in. Let me let me try to find that out. Um, you, I, I think the worst teachers and the worst examples out there are people who somehow end up stifling, you know, what what's natural in a child. So that's pretty cool that you're you're still out there doing that. Um, if you uh, if you were going to put like an age range on your you know on the um, calling book, uh, what 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 do you think it would be? Would this be? Would you consider this young adult? Yeah, we we consider young adult, but the way I've I've written it, uh, because I was a fourth and fifth grade teacher, I wanted right. people to be on that that grade level. I've I've made it you know available for people at a fourth grade read level and up. So mm-hmm. it is tough if you're at a fourth grade. But my daughter read this book, and she loves it. She's in fourth grade. But her reading level is high. So mm-hmm. for me, I want kids that, you know, it, it may be, it may look daunting. It may look difficult for you to read. But once you're in it, you're in it, and you're stuck. And so the sentences in the beginning are kind of short. Then as, as, you're, as I stick you in the book, sentences get longer. Words get harder. Sure. And then yeah. you're already in it. And so you're already you're following the storyline, and, and if you don't understand a word, I tell people, look it up. And so as a teacher, I created a, a discussion guide for teachers and parents to go through that gives a synopsis of each, of each chapter. I pull out some of the words that are hard. I make it available to be used in different types of classes in uh, language arts, science, math, so people can see how to use this book in, in the school system as well. That's brilliant. I mean, because what you're doing is, you know, you're you're providing a path for people to, well, you know, you're making the book accessible to a crowd that that really, I mean, that's that's right in your wheelhouse, you know, to be able to give it Absolutely. to young adults and and have them get into it, and and like we said earlier, um, being able to build your audience, to grow your own audience by by the transitions that you have in your book, going from you know hard, uh, easier to harder, but sucking them in into a good story, uh, that I think that's one of the things that a lot of creatives forget is that, you know, there are times with your work where you're going to have to create, you, you're going to have to grow your audience. Um, right, right. So, so this is, this is, man, this is brilliant. So, um, but what kind of feedback have you gotten from people who were not of your family or your best friend's family? Um, the funny thing is, it's very genuine. I had a few people that come up to me and they're just kind of amazed on how the story comes about and how did I write something that, that was easy to follow, but makes you feel like you're watching a movie. And right. it's, 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 it's I, I just tell you, I, I feel like when I write it, I want people to be inside the story because I, I remember back in the day that were, were commercials is like, you know, I like to read a book and I feel like I'm, I'm a part of it. That always okay. stuck with me. So when I when I get those reviews back from people, you know they're genuine. And I had uh, some lady, I guess she was at um at a book fair, and my book happened to be in a cart with one of the 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 bookstores that was there. And she picked it up, and she read it. She gave me an honest review on on Amazon, and she was like, you know, I didn't really know what this book was about, but I read it. And I'm very excited to say that, you know, the author did a great job of, of putting the plot together and stuck to the storyline, and I can't wait to read more from them. And I'm like, wow, I have mm-hmm. no clue who you are. So, I mean, that, that makes that makes you feel good. And because I know as, as an artist, anyone, 
you're, you're always afraid to hear what people are going to say about your work. But I know for me, if you like it, you're going to love it. If you don't like it, you know, tell me. And, you know, I, I can accept it because I know where this came from. It, it came from the heart. It's not something that's out there just put out there to just try to be a niche market. I put this out there because it was a healing process for me, and people are starting to feel that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and so uh, I would imagine that there's probably a pretty good dialogue between you and the editor, your editor. Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, 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 and so the, the process of crafting the story seems to be pretty solid. I mean, you, it doesn't sound oh, like yeah. it was difficult for you at all. No, no, it's it's not. I mean, like I said, <laughs> I go to sleep, and the dreams they pop into my head, and it's it's as it's vivid as as like I'm awake, and I, I wake up in the middle of the night. Sometimes I jot some stuff down, and then when I'm ready to write, I know exactly what I'm writing about. I know where the story is going to go because it's almost like it's almost like me being an athlete. I I know what's going to happen on the field. I just got to do it, and so right. as a writer, I know what I want to write. I just got to set it up and follow that, that, that storyline. And to me, it's, 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 it's like me riding the bike. I love the write. I love the storylines. I know my characters because I, I, I feel like I am every one of my characters. So it's easy for me to write the story because I know what they're going to say. I know what they're thinking. I know how they feel. And so it's easy to put the book together for me. And mm-hmm. my editor, Tamar, she, she really understands that. She doesn't take away from what my story is about, what she does is enhances the dialogue. She enhances, you know, the commentary because she knows exactly what the reader wants to see and hear. And so she does a great job of making sure my, my format and my writing style is, is on point. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it, it seems like you've got a really fluid process. I mean, it was, did the art of writing come hard to you or was it fairly easy? No, for me, it's, it was it was it was actually very easy for me because I, you know, like I said, when I was younger, I used to love to write my own little stories. Even <laughs> and when you find this box when you're about 25 years old of these corny little stories that I used to write, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe this. But I, I I saw that it was a passion of trying to write stories, and so the for me, it's almost like you know somebody painting a picture. When I talk to artists. And they say, I see the picture already on, on the paper. It's already there. Mm-hmm. So all I do mm-hmm. is just trace it out and I paint it in. So for me, I'm like, wow, that's how I see my book. The words are already there on the page. I just pencil them in because I've already seen it and I know where it's going. And so right. that's, that's it. So for me, it's that, that process is, is, is fluid and it's fun. And and so let's talk about the 80-20 rule where 80% of your time is taken up doing the business of being in business and the 20% right. is your, is your creativity. Um, for, for you, well, I mean, that, that's usually what, entre- I mean, people who write are essentially entrepreneurs unless they, right. you know, unless, unless they've got, you know, Harper Collins behind them or Penguin or, oh, yeah. or something no. like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's not me. And apparently that's not you, but um, no, when, it's when not. you, when, Give us give us kind of an idea of what you do in the service of getting getting your name out there. Well, um, you know, I've, I've sat down with a bunch of of my friends that are that are entrepreneurs. They own their own businesses, and you know, some other authors that I know personally. 
that I've talked to, and even you know some other authors that I might meet on on the, on the science fiction website or on Facebook. And I ask, you always ask questions. How do I get my name out there for people to see who I am? And sure. the the thing is, from the beginning, Kishan, you need a website. Okay, how do I get a website? I mean, so I figured out how to do it. I set up my own website where I can manage myself, and it's KeyshawnDaz.com. It's right on Weebly.com. It's run through there. I can manage it, and it's been successful for me. Oh, you need a social media page. You need your social media page so people can follow you. And I, I've done that. I set up my YouTube page, my Facebook, Instagram. I have a new app called Fuse where there are 3D pictures that move. It's, it's really nice. So, but uh-huh. the best thing that I've learned, the the best thing that I've learned from all of uh, my friends that I've talked to, face to face is still one of the best things that you can do, because when they see you, they know you. They're more, you know, you know, susceptible to being involved in who you are as a person that's supporting your work. So the more that you're out there and you're seeing people, the more that they want to be, you know, supporting you and being there for you and and, and growing with your success. So it, right. it's, so, it's it's it. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, you know, it obviously <clears throat> everything has a beginning, and and getting your name right. known is a great beginning. But also, you know, you should, you're, you're very, you're fortunate. And I think that you should, uh, why don't you describe a little bit about how, how these people who are involved in getting your, your animation, your motion, whatever it turns out to be, um, describe how that process happened because people are always interested to see how, how people hit a certain threshold and maybe pop over. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So this is this is it's the funny thing because the process. People think that this is overnight. It's nowhere near overnight. It's years. Oh, absolutely of not. Putting your, you know, putting putting your own money into it. You know, going through your own. You're thinking it's going to be that. This is the moment, and it's not. And I don't call them <laughs> failures. I call them learning learning lessons. And so right. you know you know put putting money into things that you think is going to make it work and it doesn't. So, but the way that this happened is um I had an opportunity to work with uh, Leon Cosby's sons because not only with my book, I wanted to be a little creative. So you know how Pokemon has their own card games. Mm-hmm. I wanted to create mm-hmm. a miserable, I wanted to create a miserable card game. So I did, I looked up, you know, how to create a card game. I created the cards with my superheroes, but I said, I want to do something different. I want to kind of tie everything for me is tied into education, but I want to trick kids to know, not know that they're learning. <laughs> so I created a card game that, you know, every, you know, superhero that you have, they have a certain amount of power points and there's certain attacks that can take away your points. There's certain things that can add your power, can make you stronger. And so I met with, um, it was so funny, uh, Leon Cosby's sons, um, they were the test pilots of playing the game. And so they came to my office one day and I gave them the directions. I gave them their cards, their, their two deck of cards, and they started playing. I could not believe that they sat there for three hours arguing and playing and doing everything, and they loved the game. <laughs> and so I was like, wow. So that was two years before I met Leon, and then after that, he moved down to Atlanta, and I saw him on Facebook, and he was you know, saying he was launching you know, Kazi Media Productions' print uh, era. And I was like, okay, so okay. I wanna, let me give him a call. So, so I contacted him and said, let's talk. And so we talked on the phone. He was like, well, I, I know about your book. I like, like you know, the character. Um, 
would like to see if you would want to come, you know, be a part of the content media family. I'm like, oh, that's great, but I have one stipulation. My illustrator has to come with me because he's been with me from the beginning. And he's like, well, right. we have our own illustration team, so, you know, I, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So I kind of pushed to the side and said, thank you. A couple of days later, he calls back and was like, Keyshawn, tell me about the book. And I was like, why? He's like, my son is trying to kill me. He's like, my son wants to kill me because he was like, you just got the phone with Keyshawn? Sign him now. Get him now. And I'm like, what? He's like, my son loves your book. My kids love your book. Right. There's something about this book that that's making me want to know more. So I said, okay. So I told him about it. Then we met with uh, Leon and, and Braxton through, through the phone conference call. And they just laid out a whole plan for me. And I was like, oh, this is everything that I wanted. And it's like, the best thing is you still have full control of your work. And I'm like, that's, oh, my That's goodness. the best part. Yeah, that is the best part. Yes. And so, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a great marriage between myself and, and Kaiser Media Productions. And, and they have full faith in everything that I'm doing. And, and um, Menzel is actually the launch of their superhero series that, that's going to be coming mm-hmm. out from other authors. And so I'm in the forefront to lead the charge. And it's amazing that they had that much confidence in what I'm bringing to the table and everything that I'm seeing that they're bringing to the table is making us even stronger as a team. And so I, it was a no-brainer for me to move forward with them. But it was all about me trying to find a way to contact somebody that would believe in my work just as me, and it, it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it looks like it's probably going to be a uh... – kind of a long-term relationship, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's the best thing about it. They they picked up the theory because they believed in, in, in the books and they're like, wow, you know, this is a great concept. And everything that I want to do educational-wise and also the branding, they, they're on the same page with it. So it fits. It was like um, it was like a dream come true that this finally happened. But, I, I you know, I want people to know this wasn't just, you know, Keyshawn wrote a book. I contacted somebody, I'm here. No, this was right. years and years of, of struggle, <clears throat> doing it yourself, almost wanting to give up, but having people say, you know, you have a great product, keep doing it, and, you know, just, just keep pushing yourself to, to find the best way. Then once I kind of relaxed, doors opened up, and now they're just blown open. And right. I'm sitting in Philadelphia at my first Comic-Con, and I'm loving it. <laughs> and, and you have a costume for tomorrow, too. Oh yeah, and I have a costume, and that, and that's that's what's so funny. I have, I never thought I would be in the costume, so I said, you know what, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this right. I've been in the gym, working out, so <laughs> I have I have put on some muscle. I've cut down a lot of weight, and it looks great. So I put it on. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm 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 really menswear. I'm I'm feeling good. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and and my, you know, my only criticism of your entire enterprise is uh, I, I hate going to a web page and having a whole bunch of music just jump up at me. All right. So right, 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 right. Turn it down. No, I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it, it's, when you open up KeyshawnDiles.com, there's no music. It's when you get to the Menzel page, that song yeah. is on it. That's that's made by for my nephew. That's actually the, the score for the, the, the superhero. So you can right. hear what Menzel comes out to. So that that's what it is. <laughs> every, every every good hero has to have a good theme music, you know. Yeah, they absolutely do. That's what everybody's telling me. And now, when you hear the song, song, oh, it's, it's gonna it's gonna give you goosebumps. Trust me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, okay. The best and, thing and, is to see hear my daughter. 
No, Go I ahead. said the best thing is to hear my daughter in the back, the back seat of the car singing that song and, and bopping her head. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is too cool. Um, so I, I get the feeling that you are, um, you're, you know, you're a singular writer. You write by yourself. You've got all of this in your head. Um, do you think that you, you're going to need any room? Well, do you have all eight books written, first of all? Are they, or are they um, kind of just sitting in the back of your head? No, they're written. They're, they're written, but the best thing about it is, you know, once I write it, I do give it to my illustrator. And, right. you know, he has a great vision of how he sees it, too. And so I, okay. I take those ideas. I take those ideas because he's like, oh, I want to – this should happen here because this is where it was going. And then you kind of went off. And I'm like, okay, so I, t- I take those suggestions. I do write it myself. Because it, right. I, to me, it's really hard for me. It's it's really hard for me to work with someone else on their work because somebody somebody asked me, he's like, Keyshawn, I have this great idea for a book. I want you to write it with me. I said, if I write it, it's my book. I said, I, I can't do that. I, I'm not that talented to write a book with somebody. Because I, right, right now, and, I feel like I have so much of my own, it's hard. Well, and, and collaborations are not always easy. I mean, they're you know they're right. You you have to sublimate your own ego for the good of the group. You know, you can't just be sitting there going, you know, uh, what I think is law, and I'm smarter than everybody else. I mean, that's just not a very cooperative, collaborative environment. And and some people work that oh, way, right. and some people don't. You know, um, I, yeah. I was going to ask you, you know, do you see yourself ever? coming to the point where you might be doing collaborative work, maybe after these eight are done and you go on to the next creative universe? Well, absolutely. I mean, what, what, what's happening with, with Cosmic Media Productions, you know, you know how you have your Avengers, how every superhero has their own story, but they all right. come together in one. And so I know I'm going to have to collaborate with our, our team of superheroes that we have, and uh-huh. that's going to be a lot of fun because I, I know my personality, my superhero in a storyline, that either Braxton comes up with, we're going to follow that storyline. And I know he's receptive to having our input. And so it goes, I think that's going to be my first opportunity to work with several other writers and to Mm -hmm. make it one powerful story. And I I know that way would be perfect because it's not me trying to figure out a story with somebody else. It's something that we, we know where it's going to go. And so we want to put it together and make it the best possible. So the, the Eagles will be checked at the door on this project. Because we want it to be very powerful and people to see, oh my goodness, this is you know that that those group of superheroes are here to stay. So I think that's that's, that's going to be a great process of, of doing that work because that is going to happen soon. Um, and now, oh, you know, Braxton used to be following me on Twitter. Not that I tweet anything. But um, oh. you know, they seem like a. No, I, I just thought about that. Um, but but it seems like they they are really putting together, um, kind of almost like an old style media company. But yet it's still because they're they're working in different genres and, and different media tracks. They're they're becoming. <clears throat> I think the common term is a transmedia company. Because, you know, you're looking at books, you're looking at scripts, you're looking at uh, animation, you're looking at possibly movies. And, I'm sorry, yes. go ahead. Yep, I mean, they have music as well. And, I mean, it, it, it's, 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 it's a great thing because they, they have that team <clears throat> that's put together. And it's not like they're, 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 they're spreading their wings way too wide. They have everything under that control 
of making sure that everybody gets to feel like they're the most important person under Cosmic Media Production. So nobody right. feels left out, which is it's amazing to me, and it works so well. That's why, I mean, we get updates daily. We talk to each other. Other author, Our authors team, we all work together to help each other become better. And we right. have, I have, you know, one of my childhood idols is, you know, you have Gail Devers, our, our, one of our U.S. Olympian hurdlers, is an, is, is an author through Cosmic Media Productions. And so you get to hear her stories. You get to give her ideas. I'm like, I'm giving Gail Devers ideas on how to, how to do something. That's crazy. But, you know, they're very receptive. All the all illustrators are very receptive. We all help each other. So it, 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 oh. that team, that family is, is great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be sure to tell Braxton I said, hey. Um, anyway, uh, when, you, when you see <laughs> the <will>. bigger project, <laughs> when do you see the bigger project starting? Because that sounds pretty ambitious, but it also sounds pretty good. You know, like you guys have a really um, good organ, uh, you know, a good organization, and you have an organized approach. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I, I know we have a few other books that are going to be launched um, this year and probably next year. Um, that's going to be bringing into uh, some new superheroes to to the to the company and out to the world. So right. I would say probably two or three, three or three to four years, you'll probably see that whole migration of all of them together. And mm-hmm. that that process of all of us working to make that story possible. So it's going to be a little bit of time, but I know during that our, our period of waiting, we're already we're already in talks with our own personal books to make sure that our books tie into what's going to be happening in the future. So you'll hear right. certain things in my book that kind of <laughs> reference to Hero City and something in Braxton's book that referenced the Hero City. And then it's like it's, it, it, we're planting seeds into your mind because it's going to be coming. You're going to read my book. Oh, why did Keyshawn say that and why did this person say it? So now it's coming. Oh, they're yeah. all together. So that's what it is. So <laughs> it, it, it's a process that we, we, we're setting up as we speak. That's very cool. Um, and uh, what about, okay, so you've got your own, you know, you've got your own universe. What if it gets to the point where somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, we want to, uh, we would like to purchase your intellectual property and create X, Y, Z out of it"? Um, are, do you feel very proprietary about it and less likely to give it up, or, or do you do you think that okay, yeah, I can give this up, give it to somebody else, take a chunk of money, and then go create something just as good or better behind it? Well, that's the funny thing because um, I had the opportunity to sit with uh, George Birch, who is the vice president at Hasbro over mm-hmm. in um, Longmeadow, Mass. And he gave me the opportunity to see how the big fish eats little fish in five seconds. And <laughs> because he does this a lot, because a, a lot of people approach him. You understand they approach him to try to sell their product. Sure. I wasn't trying to sell my product. He was like, well, this is what I want to do. I want to take men's well. I want to take it buy you out, give you what you what you need, and then we can take it and do what we want. And how does that sound? So he threw out a number and I'm like, that no, I can't do that because I have I I can't see where this is going. So for me with this story, because of how good it is to me and how much it means to me, I couldn't sell it just to go create something else. This I want to see where it goes educationally. I want to see where it goes from the ground up to if it happens to be a movie, if it happens to be you know, bigger than me, I'd like to be there with it growing. And mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. to me, I told myself it's, it's not 
I'm not chasing money. I'm chasing changed lives. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. The money will come if it comes. So this is this is this is my art that I love. And if people buy it, money comes. And I just reinvest it into building stronger minds. That's what it, that's what it's for. I I think that's partly because you come from an educational background, you know, a mentoring background. Right. So so for you, it's 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 an avenue to to the mentoring of young minds. I mean that's that's my take. Right. <clears throat> and and so right. You know if, if that's the case, then, then there and as long as you've got a roof over your head and everybody's provided for, then then there's really no there's no real impetus, you know, uh, to to sell out because that's essentially what it is, or or to sell it, and and right. let somebody else take take it from you. So um, the fact that you've got study guides and things like that, which is something that you know people should who who listen to this the the show. If anybody's edu- an educator, <clears throat> knowing that you have study guides for the first book, and I, I imagine you're probably going to do that for the rest, the eight, the other eight. Oh yeah, all all eight. All yeah, I have a study guide. So there you go. So, you know, you've got a, a fourth grade on up educational tool with a cool story that grabs people and pulls them in. Right. And so that's why I couldn't give it up because it's so much more than just me trying to make money. Mm-hmm. And and that's what George that's what George saw and he was like, you know, I really want to help you because you are not about chasing money. You didn't come in here mm-hmm. to sell me a product. You are you are the product. That's 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 he's right. like, that's amazing. So I mean you know, it, it comes off genuine. I, I just try to find a way to, you know, my biggest thing is everybody needs money to get to more people. So I'm just looking for support. You know, I don't go out asking for money. I try to get it through purchasing the books, get the, the download the music, um, you know, watch the, the documentary, like put right. put a review on Amazon because those help. Those help to push the book. And so yeah. that gives and- me my foundation to get out to help more people. And, and let's be honest. The last thing you want to do is you you don't want your daughter you don't want to hear your daughter saying, "Daddy, how come all your characters turned white?" You know, if if it has to buys you out. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. That that was my that was that was actually my 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 little nightmare there. That oh my gosh, this is not who I who is going to be. This is not what I want. You know. Right. And then it's for me. That's in my heart. That's in my heart of saying, "Wow, I I did that for that." No, that that doesn't work. So I, mm-hmm. I stay true to myself. <clears throat> okay, so you know you you've gotten you have gotten a lot of traction in a very short amount of time. If you were going to give somebody who is just starting out with their own creative universe some advice, what would you be telling them? I would actually tell them, you know, stick to who you are, put everything that you can into it, because the only person that can stop you is you. You know, I want I want people to understand that, you know. It's going to be difficult, and a lot of people may doubt you. But if you believe in yourself, they're going to come around. You're going to have people that are going to support you. They're going to have people that doubt you, but they only make you stronger as a writer and also mm-hmm. in a person that's going to be doing some great things. So, you know, believe in yourself. <clears throat> Always believe in yourself. Sure. Um, uh, somebody, I'm, I'm sorry I missed this, uh, this question. Someone in the chat room was asking, you know, how is the card game going? Um, is and is that available generally <laughs> to the public? Oh no, it's not. What well, actually the card game is? It's so funny. My, you know, I, I'm trying to get it published pretty soon. Um, I'm going to be meeting with a gaming company up in my area in Massachusetts, and we're going to see how we can develop it. 
to get it out into the stores or just to make sure it's available where people can pick it up because, you know, I, I took my time in developing it so people can play. There's an easy way to play and there's a difficult way to play. So little kids okay. can play when they're five, six, seven years old, and then adults can play. So you, you have all these tournaments that can go along, but it's a process. So I really want to make sure that I can do it right so people know when it's out there, oh, yeah, this is this is that visual card game that I can play. Mhm, mhm. Um, man, so I mean, you've got you've already got your you know what they call your transmedia platform for your universe. Uh, what's going to be like when you see this as uh, maybe a uh, a weekend cartoon or something, or a weekend three D adventure, or or are you shooting for? I mean, let's be honest. Are you shooting for something like uh, maybe a two D or a three D movie? of your universe, in your universe? Oh, I mean, a 2D or 3D movie would be amazing. I think I think at that point I, I would look up and say, Marcus, we, we, we did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody knows who Miserable is. And so, I mean, it's just going to – it doesn't stop me. It doesn't change me. It just makes me so proud that people have really embraced, you know, the love of what I have with writing. And it's just going to make me want to do more to help people you know, see that, okay, I'm a, I'm accessible, and you can see how I did it, and I'm going to show you how you can get there too. So, I, you know, I want to make sure the doors are open for people. Right. And and that's kind of good to hear from somebody who honestly doesn't believe that uh, the, the art of creativity is a zero-sum game where if somebody else makes a dollar, you know, you consider that being a, a, a dollar being plucked out of your pocket. Um, there's plenty of room for all of us. And one of the things that I've noticed in, uh, I would just say, commercial media, you know, uh, just general American culture, is that they're not coming up with very good ideas, very very many new ideas. And so I think that's also a reason why we're seeing more and more um, creativity, art, media, comics, books, music, things like that from uh, from black creatives picking up a little more steam than it would have other, you know, in, in, in another circumstance. Yes, the bar is lower to right. getting our stuff out there and having people see it, but also I, I think that we, we generate a certain amount of creativity that's been lacking for almost a generation in, in larger American culture. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Opportunity to show people that, you know, we're as talented as anyone else and more so, we have more talent, and our storylines are just as strong, and people can ha- grow up and have fun with our characters for years, and we mm-hmm. can redo our characters 20 times, and people think it's new. <laughs> but, right. you know, we can, we, you know it's, it's, it's open for, for us to be out here and ready, and I'm, I'm happy that these doors are, are finally open and people are paying attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to be at the, uh, con tomorrow for yes. anybody who's listening, who's in the, uh, in the Philly area. Philadelphia. Yep. Um, so they could see you in your full Menzuo re- uh, regalia because you Absolutely. have a, uh, you have a, uh, uh, the costume and, uh, you know, for those of us who can't attend, we'll be seeing your pictures popping up later. Oh um, yeah. You know, if if you were to tell somebody again, going back to people who may be coming behind you trying to do what you're doing, what what's been the hardest part of you 
you know, of you having put this story together? Oh, the hardest part it was yeah. really making sure that, you know, you have a good editor. For for me, it, your story doesn't make sense if people can't get off of the first page with, page with uh, 50 mistakes. You know, right. it has to be written well. People have to be able to follow it and understand that, you know, it, it went through a proper editing process through, through a professional editor. So I tell people, you know, the stories to me, for me, the story is easy to write. It's easy. The The hard part is having an editor go through your work and, and being critical of it to make sure that the work is, is basically almost as perfect as it can be coming out. So sure. I tell, you know, just, just be, be patient and, and, ha- and find a good editor. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, and you know what? I, I don't care what anybody says, but you can't edit your own work. No, you, just you can't. can't. It's, it's like no. It's like being your own attorney. You know, if, if you're an attorney, work. you know, <laughs> representing yourself in court. Um, and and the thing is, is you know, people people don't realize the how magical their mind is. You know, most people's minds, when they're reading their own work, they can't see a mistake. Right. Because their right. mind their mind is supplying what's supposed to be there. So someone right. asked me earlier today uh, when I edit my own stuff, and this is before I send it to the editor, what do I do? And you know what I do? I read the book backwards. That way each sentence, I look at each sentence separately without getting into the rhythm of the, um, of the story. Of the story, right. Exactly. Yeah, and, and, and that's about the only way that I know how to do it. I don't know if that's the best way or not, but I sure catch a lot more mistakes when I'm reading backwards because I'm not, my mind is not playing that trick on me where it's telling me, no, 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 everything's cool, just relax, keep reading. No, no, don't worry about it, I got this. And, of course, you know, you've got all kinds of things happening, <laughs> you know, on the right. page that, that you, you never would have known otherwise. So, Absolutely so the, right. The, the, editing, the editing is crucial in your mind. Um, are, are there any other places that were the hardest for you to get into your writing group or, or to get to your destination? Oh, really finding the time. Uh, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> time is, is crucial. It's, it, like I said, it's like, like working out. You have to have a set time when you go to the gym. You have to have a set mm-hmm. time when you're writing. And mm-hmm. you got to make sure that you – and I tell people I give myself at least two hours a night when, I'm, when I know I want to write a book. And my wife knows it. She goes to bed early, thank God, and my daughter goes to bed early. And I'm a night owl. So, it, you know, from 9.30 to 11.30, I can write. I can take yeah. my time and, and, and everything is shut off. Or I put my headphones on and I put on my favorite rapper when I'm going to a fight scene, and that's Buster Rhymes. And, you know, <laughs> I put that on and it gets me hyped up and I can write my stories. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I use music a lot when I'm writing and it's in my headphones, and I can write out what I want. And, you know, next thing you know, two hours is over. Sometimes I close, you know, my pages, and I go to bed. Sometimes I continue to write because I'm so deep into my stories. So right. the, the hard part is finding time and just sticking to it, sticking to it, because, you know, it's, it's like working out. You can't get better unless you work out. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's something that I've often said in a lot of interviews, that I treat writing like a part-time job. Right. And and if if you treat writing like a part time job, then you will finish what you're writing, because yes. my yes. my my, uh, <clears throat> my method is like yours. At 10 p.m., I stop what I'm doing every night, and then from 10 to 1 or 10 to 2, I'm writing or editing. 
And, yes. and you know, it, it, like you said, it's just like going to the gym. If you build a good habit, you're, you're, you know, the good habit is going to benefit you. Um, right. All right, so, so you've told us about the hardest parts about writing this. I mean, obviously, you know, with your best friend passing from cancer at such a young age and, and you know, kind of doing this as a tribute to him with him in it. You know, you're, yes. you're in there, he's in there, your daughter's in there. Um, what, what made this easy for you? What were the things that were, that, that were maybe the, the easiest and the most joyful parts of writing? you the 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 the, see the characters and their personalities the funny the funny personalities that i put in from and the personalities that i've taken from people that i know that you know that they're in your life you you kind of accidentally do it but you see some of the characters that you have and their attitudes that's the fun part when you put them into the stories you can see how funny they act or certain things that they do and you know it, it just makes your story more fun and it's more enjoyable mm-hmm. because you're you're relating to all the people that that are with you. And so that's the fun part about writing. When you're you're in your story, you get to see things. And, you know, sometimes when I'm writing, it was so funny because when my editor got the book and there were certain parts that I wanted to be funny, and when she got to it and it was in, she would write her notes on the side and it was like, LOL, that was hilarious. I don't know how mm-hmm. you did that. I'm just like, so you, you become part of that. That's the fun part of writing when you put your own spirit into it. And so you know you're, you're, everybody's going to enjoy what you have out there. Yeah, validation is pretty cool, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. It's the best part. It's the scary yeah. part, but it's also the best part. <laughs> yeah, but it also keeps you going because it's, it's, it's definitely encouragement, you know? Right, right. And, and so, you know, obviously you're in there, your, your best friend's in there, your daughter's in there. Do you, do you actually draw all of your characters from people that you know, you know, which, which is kind of easy because if you have, if you know somebody, somebody's personality pretty well and you settle it into your story, um, it, it, it would, I would imagine that it's much, much easier to create three-dimensional characters. Oh yeah. And that, that's what it is. Is some of the, some of the characters that I kind of see when I'm, when I'm leading up to it or when I introduce the character, um, how I describe it, it, it kind of comes off sometimes, you know, oh, that, oh, you know, Crystal, Crystal Hall is, is that's my mother. Her attitude mm-hmm, is so mm-hmm. sweet. And she's so sweet. She's always protective. And then, you know, I have, you know, Stephen Hall, who is the father. Oh, my gosh, that's my brother or that's my dad, how he acts. It's just hilarious. So you get to right. see that. And I have, I have certain other characters. Oh, that's my football coach. He's just crazy. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's certain things that you do and you, you get to see how you want that character to be, and you kind of mirror them off of people that you know, and it, it makes your story more enjoyable and easier for you to write because you know how they are going to be. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the, part, the part, you know, obviously you have, you have the universe that you've created, um, and, and I guess the inspiration for the story arcs is, you know, things that have happened near you, around you, you know, the friends that you've had and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. when, when you look at all of that in totality, it, you, you have to have a pretty, good, a pretty good feeling about the fact that not only have you been creative and you've written something that's laudable and you've written something that, that's catching on, 
but but to know that it's also a tribute to you know the relationship you had with your oh, best yeah. friend. Is she is yeah. she not supposed to be in there? No, I'm just kidding. Oh no no <laughs> no no no. This is my boys. Open, they had oh, the door closed, but they oh, oh, <laughs> had the open, door open the door. Let the fire out. <laughs> let the fi- let the fire get out. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you you've written a great tribute, and and that's going to stand the test of time. And and yeah. it does it does man it makes your friend live on forever it makes you live on forever yeah and um there there's really no better tribute to to somebody who meant so much to you somebody who was you know your best friend as long right. as you had lived lived with him right you know? and that and that that uh, was something that you know I never thought I'd be able to get you know past or understanding why this book came about but. You know, being a tribute to Marcus was was just amazing to me to to have that done. Mhm. And um, you know, to, to have to just have all of a sudden, you know, something like that happen is devastating to most people. I mean, how old were you? Oh, at the it time? is. I was eighteen. It was a week and a half before Christmas, and understand Man. that was the first person. That was the first person I always called during Christmas at five thirty in the morning, and we both always said, "Is like, what did you get?" So to have that part, you know, that's just what it is. <laughs> you yeah. always have that. And so, you know, you lose that. And, and you know, his his parents are very sweet. At 530 in the morning, they, uh, you know, Velma, she called me. He's like, what did you get? And, cool. you know, I laughed. I laughed. And I was like, thank you. I, I really, really did need that. And she was like, I needed it too. Because I always knew one of you two were going to call. And it was just so funny that you guys did that every year. I mean, in that 18, we did that at 17 years old just to see, what's up, what did you get? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. <clears throat> and and how does his family feel about your tribute? Oh, I mean, every time, you know, I get to talk, they, they love it. They, it. It's enjoyable. And and the other thing that we're doing now, um, with with everything that we're doing educationally, I already talked to um, Marcus's older brother, Alonzo. We're going to be doing the uh, Marcus McDowell Foundation for education and uh-huh. also for cancer. So we do, we are, we already involved in the cancer, uh, American Cancer Society walks. We donate money there, but we're also going to do some things and try to start a scholarship in his name. Once we, you know, get everything in place because, you know, it, this is where it comes from and they're, they're, they're very proud and, you know, they just understand that everything is, is, is so powerful that, you know, just to have their pride in, in just saying, you know, I love you so much for doing this. And, and, you know, it just makes us proud that Marcus is a part of the story because it, that's where it started. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's all pretty damn remarkable. And, and I, you know, I don't want to say that I'm proud of you, but I am proud of you. But well, I, thank you. I really, no, no, no. I really respect what you've done, not just creatively, but the fact that, you know, you, you have such a level head about it. You know, you you had an inspiration that really meant something to you, and and you went and you did it. You know, a lot of people right, don't do right. that. You know, a lot of people yeah, might I mean, have wallowed it, in in self pity. And you know, I couldn't do that. You know, after meeting with with his parents and and also his his dad, mainly having that conversation. You know, it just it made me realize that you know it, I got to live life for for the both of us. And so from mm-hmm. there, moving on, when I played football, I wore the number two. And so it was. I was living life with me and Marcus, number two. Right. And that's that's my favorite number. So I use that as you know. That's how we go about about life when we do things. You know, I don't want to be stagnant. I was knocked down very hard. I mean, never thought I'd be knocked down as hard as that can be. But it made me appreciate life so much 
and understanding that, you know, every breath that you take is special and do something good with it and also give back. So it changed my perspective on how to, how to live life. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and the other part that I like is the mentoring that you do, which is, which is also inspiring for young minds. I mean, you know, the, the, it's not everybody who is a creative who is that generous with their soul and with their life um, to, to bring other people up behind them. So, I mean, these are all great things and great examples that, that we should all be taking away from, you know, what you're doing, what kind of creativity you have, and, and also look at, look at the spinoffs. You know, you've got the, 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 the cancer stuff that you're doing. You have, I mean, you're, you're, getting, you're getting dressed up in a costume, for God's sake, for tomorrow. <laughs> I, I hope it's yes. not too hot in the hall. That's all I've got to say about well. that. Well, it's a little breathable, so I'm good. <laughs> All right. Any are there any tights involved? Just tell us that. Well, I have a wetsuit that goes under, and then it's the the frame that goes above it. So it, I am wearing tights. I am. I am. But you're not. I'm not just bulging out of tights only. That's it. <laughs> oh no no no! Well, and, and I wasn't. I wasn't trying to imply anything either. You got um, my boys laughing in here now. They're like, "This man's in tights." <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Well, oh, I mean, man. like I said, we're we're gonna see we're gonna see soon enough when you post up your pictures. Um, yes, yes, it, you will. It, uh, and I think you know we only have a few minutes left. Is there anything uh-huh. that you want to talk about that that we may have missed or or something that occurs to you? Well, the the only thing I want to want to really talk about is just please, when you see other authors, please support them. Go to their website if their books are downloadable. Download them. Leave a review. You know, get involved. Just that means more to to any one of us that you know people are really going to get involved and get to know you, because the more the more people that I meet that are authors, they're very genuine. They love what they do, and a lot of them aren't out here to hustle. They're out here because right. they love the art. They love the art, and they love to have people that they can talk to and relate to. Nobody's looking for a billion followers just to buy my work. I want people to really be involved, and I know a lot of the authors that I know they want people to be involved and talk to. So they can be, create better stories and they have a good following because yeah, all of that stuff yeah. works hand in hand. And and you know what? The thing about uh, BlackScienceFictionSociety.com is that you have so many creatives, you know, getting close to 5,000. Well, I don't know if all 5,000 are creatives. Let me take that back. But but you have enough creatives around who are doing things, and we you know there a new collaboration just started up a couple of weeks ago. You have you have uh, you know one member who has a a writers get together on uh, Google Hangouts on Tuesdays. You you know these are the kinds of people that you probably want to spend some time with because it they're they're not selfishly motivated to just dropping in and say hey buy my crap and then right, disappearing right. right. Absolutely. You know, because because that there's a lot of that that goes around and and you know it's tough enough being a creative. Okay, it's tough enough being an entrepreneur, and and the one thing that you and I both have discussed, it's very very hard to figure out and get your name out there because that's the name right. of the game, getting people to know who you are. Um, I think the collaboration you're going to have coming up, I think that's going to suit you very well. I think it's going to be very laudable. And and that um, I'm hoping to see much success out of that for you. Um, uh, mention my name. Um, and uh, other <laughs> things, <laughs> I'm kidding, man. No, I am so kidding. I am so kidding. I, I'm 
I'm a little bit like you. You know, I have one collaboration that I'm doing with uh, someone who's a little busy right now, but it's a great story, and I think that she's going to bring a lot to the table. So, um, you know, people who can collaborate, collaborate. People who write singular, still write, just keep writing, and and try to maintain, you know, contact with other creatives like yourself because we can all learn from each other. We can definitely all learn from each other. Um, And last but not least, um, I, I imagine. I mean, we know that your daughter supports you, right? Yes. And 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 your wife. How is she about? You know, you you said she goes to bed early. She lets you do your writing and stuff like that. It sounds but like she, you have a very a very supportive environment that that really helps. Oh yeah, she she. My wife Tammy is amazing. You know, when I don't drive her nuts with all my typing <laughs> and my writing. But you know, she 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 understands that how important this is to me, and and how you know I could be doing other things. I could be going out partying, drinking every night, or you know, in the club doing what I shouldn't be doing as a husband. But I'm at home and I'm writing, and then I'm going right. out and I'm in, in encouraging kids. So she's like, you know, everything is positive, and so she gives me feedback. And you know, she's she's one of my best critics of. You know, this is why did you do that? You know, those those nagging wife questions, but they make sense after I do it and it's dumb and wrong. And she's like, told you so. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> but, you know, she's very supportive and, and she's my best friend. And, you know, I, I couldn't be where I am today if she, you know, wasn't supporting me and also encouraging me to, to move forward. Right. Right. Um all right, so uh, we're we're winding down to the last few minutes. Normally, uh, Jarvis is here. He's out doing something. I have no idea what he's doing. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't. You know, it's 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 not my week to keep up with him. You know. You know? <laughs> um, so normally he th- he thanks everybody who who uh, supports the show. Thanks everybody for showing up. Especially thanks to you, man. Was I right? Did this feel like two hours? No, it didn't. No, it didn't at all. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, um, and and I'm and I'm gl- I'm glad you had fun. I I always hope that people have fun. Um, and I would like for you to you know seriously start posting if you can stop in, at least put in the uh, the appearance that you're going to have at the con tomorrow in the calendar in case anybody wants to try to catch up with you. And oh, um, we'll do. Uh, you know, later on when you get bigger, uh, let's have you on again and uh, see see where things are taking you. Oh, I definitely will. That's not even a problem. Yeah. And and I am serious. I I joke, but I am serious. Tell Braxton I said uh, hello and that, and that I appreciated him following me on Twitter, okay? Oh, I definitely will. I definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And for those of you listening and those of you who have who've been hanging around listening to the show or in the chat room, um, thank you very much for coming. I want to remind anybody who picks this up as a podcast, this is a live broadcast that usually begins right around 9 p.m. Eastern time every Friday when we have a guest. And um, this is the uh, Genesis Science Fiction Radio Show, a service of the BlackScienceFictionSociety.com website. And uh, please support us. Tell your friends. Um, you know, find us some high-ticket uh, sponsors. Do what you can to help help uh, help the site out because it's a great place for people to meet and to hang out. Um, after I stop the recording, hang on for a second, just in case anybody has any any questions they want to type in the in the um, chat room. If you don't mind, is that okay, Sean? Oh, that's no problem. 
Okay, if you got a couple minutes, I want to thank everybody, and uh, we will see you next week. And uh, until then, have a have a great week ahead. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.